Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. is up wizards fans welcome to another believe in wizards podcast i'm your host matt moderno i've got wayne cole joining me again today we're going to talk about the pacers game and we're also going to get into capital city go go and a preview for that and honestly i think their team is going to be pretty meaningful for the wizards this year and they're going to be a number of guys that that might actually get some minutes on the you know the big ball club so wayne was at media day on monday and has some really good insight and just want to talk about you know who are the guys there to pay attention to and who we might actually see in a wizards uniform over the course of the year just on the Pacers game real quick before I get to my combo with Wayne, it's just the only people surprised by the Wizards losing that game, I think, were really the Wizards players. Like Porzingis said that, you know, they went to that and they took uh, the Pacers lightly. And hopefully this is a reminder to them and everyone in the organization that a team who hasn't won anything in 50 years should never take anyone lightly. When you're a couple games above 500, four or five games into the year, you haven't done anything yet. And that needs to be like a wake up call for them. So I think losing a trap game, you know, like a Sarlacc pit size trap game for any other nerds out there, if not Google it, it just, it's not all that telling. I think how they respond to last night uh, is really what's telling. Last year's team got punched in the mouth and they never really recovered from that. They sort of turned on each other. There was infighting, squabbling about minutes and that 10 and three start dissolved like really quickly. So I think the NBA is a lot about, one, how you respond to adversity. Can you stay together? And hopefully all that chemistry that they talked about in the preseason is true. And and this is where we really find out uh, if that's the case. And then just it's about how you make up, um, you know, for any losses to personnel and things like that, or, or how you make adjustments to cover up for any deficiencies. So we'll get into that more with Wayne here in a second. But first, a word from our sponsor, Bet Online. Basketball's back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll find all the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline where the game starts. Okay, with that, let's get to my combo with Wayne. I'm pleased to be joined by Wayne Cole. Wayne, thanks for coming on two times in two weeks. This is uh, pretty big. Welcome back. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. I always love coming on your show, man. So I really appreciate it. I would think this is perfect timing because you were at uh, Capital City Go-Go Media Day on Monday. And I think there's some real tie-ins here to what we just saw with the Wizards game uh, against the Pacers last night. So for anybody that didn't watch, and 
If you haven't, don't go back and watch it. I promise it's not worth it. They lost to the Pacers 127 to 117. I guess first, Wayne, were you surprised by that result? Because I wasn't. Like, I honestly didn't watch the game in real time because I just thought, like, this is a very Wizards game to lose. You know, I, I, I was surprised. Okay. Um, I had a starting three and one. I told you. Yep. This was a game that I would have penciled in was a, but an all but sure win. Um, sure. Just two things that stuck out. DeLon Wright is sorely missed. That's yeah. number one. And number two, I feel like the Pacers were just like Steph Curry out there. They were making <laughs> every three they threw up. So I, I put it in one of those fluky, so Wizards game. It's like yeah. the Pacers of all teams will come out and shoot. They were missing Rick Carlisle. So I was like, yeah, if if it's one of those wonky games they're going to lose, it would probably one like this. I think the first quarter was just them like not being that into it or engaged. And then over the course of the night, I actually thought like the energy level picked up. They tried to do some of the right things. It just like wasn't their night. And to your point, like, yeah, okay, we left Buddy Heald like wide open three or four times, but he also hit some really tough shots and and yeah. he looked like vintage Bradley Beal for a large portion of that game. So that's that's tough to beat somebody when they get like that. And and to KP's point, post game, he said, you know, we underestimated them. And like you said, that first quarter, they came out like Indiana might give us the win. So we don't have to put our foot on the brake. And I think that's the one thing where I want to see the keep your foot on the brake at all times. No matter if you're playing a lottery team or a team that's contending, you just got to bring it every night. And you can't kind of will yourself third, fourth quarter. And it's like teams are already hot if you give them a start like you saw Indiana had last night. It's not an uncommon thing to hear that from NBA teams. I, I think it's really important to see how they look the following night. Like if they come out and they look really good against Boston or look like they're playing really hard, even if they lose, it, it still says like, okay, we, we clearly have bounced back mentally from this Pacers game. We've got the right mindset. It's just, it's frustrating as a fan. I think when you hear them say like, we overlooked the Pacers, you've seen everywhere around the league, like the jazz are winning games. The Spurs are winning games. Orlando's not winning any games, but they're playing everybody pretty close. Like the bad teams aren't that much worse than anybody. And if you're the Wizards and you haven't won shit in like eight years, or really won anything meaningful in 50 years, like you just can't afford to ever take anyone lightly. So hopefully like this is actually a good loss for them and reminds them of that fact for the rest of the year. For sure. And so two things to your point, KP said this was a good loss because you learn from a loss like this and it's like, hey, we can't come out like this, mm -hmm. you know. We have to respect our opponents. Yeah. And to your other point, you know, you have the Jazz, the Magic, and as I say, our tanking teams. Even at the NBA level, everyone can play, right? right? So, like, these are professional athletes at the end of the day. So, you have to take everyone serious. No matter what the – sometimes the level of uh, athleticism or talent, mm -hmm. any given night, any given Sunday, like in football, you mm -hmm. can still take a loss. So, you want to see your team come out and keep that throttle first quarter, not revving it up, like I said earlier – we in the third quarter, but as a Buddy Hill was already in rhythm, mm -hmm. Hollerburn was already in rhythm. Even Miles Turner it was like, once you saw them kind of take a run, Pacers answer right back. Yeah. I lie because they had that rhythm since the first quarter. Yeah, it just felt like a couple of times, like if they'd have made one or two more baskets here, like maybe they could have like tipped the scales a little bit. And either they had a bad turnover or defensive laps or just Indiana hit like a really tough shot. And just like, okay, you know, Sometimes that happens in an NBA game. Like you're just not going to be able to like bounce back every time you need to. That's what it was. It was, and I was just, as I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, the Wizards, we get down to eight. 
another Buddy Hill top three. Let's just get it down to six. Like Halliburton making a special play. Somebody said up. It was just one of those games. They every time they tried to bite back, uh, Indiana bit, bit back harder. So. I, I did not watch this game in real time. I, I fully admit that, but I watched it this morning before we're recording here just because I wanted to be semi-professional before doing this. But when I when I looked at the box score, I'm like, you know, that doesn't look that bad. And some of the team like stats and notes they put out, again, on paper, it's like not that big a deal. Like Beal, uh, game high, 31 points on 11 of 18 shooting, made all his free throws, which was nice. Mm-hmm. I had seven rebounds, four assists, three steals, one block. Like that sounds like a very vintage Beal game. But while rewatching it, like the defensive effort from him last night, I thought was his worst of the season. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's some negatives there uh, on paper. Kuzma, 18 points, three of seven from three, nine rebounds. Uh, he's made three or more three point field goals in three games this season. That's pretty impressive. But he took some really bad shots last night, I thought, too. Uh, Porzingis, 22 points, seven of 13 shooting. I honestly really don't have anything negative to say about Porzingis last night. I, I thought he was just pretty solid. Wasn't his best yeah. game, but not a bad game. And then you see the stats about Monte Morris dishing out a career best, uh, 12 assists as previous high was 10. And he's now dished out five assists in, I think every game this season for the wizards. It sounds great when you look at, we'll go like that, but. Morris was the one I took the most issue with last night. Like, okay, Beal had to take on more offensive role. Makes sense. The defense slipped a little bit. Porzingis was just fine. He's not going to be elite every night. Kuzma's a streaky guy. Some nights he's just going to kind of, he's going to do some bad stuff on the court and and it happens. But, Mm -hmm. but Morris was the one, the defense, like it was really noticeable. And you already mentioned the absence of DeLon, Wright, But, I thought Morris was going to be a better defender and like Hal Burton is a really good player, but he's not like this dynamic quick twitch guy. He's not John Morant. And you would have thought that by watching Monte Morris guard him last night, like he got dusted like four or five times. And just, I thought that set the tone for the whole game and the wizards, like they were always at a disadvantage because the point of attack defense was so bad. And it looked like everybody was running around with chickens with their heads cut off. And that's been the defense the last couple of years. And I thought that would be the real different differentiator with him this year, as opposed to how old Neto or Spencer Dinwiddie or Ish Smith. Like I thought he would be better defensively. What, what did you see from him defensively? And was, is that just a fluke from him or, you know, like where are you at with Monte, I guess so far. Again, I, for Monte, I'm, I'm a, I'm a call this one a fluke. Two things. One, post-game coach said this was the type of game where everyone missed assignments. Mm-hmm. So if you go back and look, might have been Monte, might have been Johnny, might have been Kuz, might have been Brad, like everyone. So, yeah. and if you look at it, yeah, a lot of the guys might have missed assignments, but mm-hmm. I just think it was one of those, they were living by the three and dying by the three and everything, I feel like they were checking up. As Brad said, and, and I quote, it was the bucket was like an ocean for them. So a lot of the defensive assignments were missed. They were kind of running around it sometimes. Um, that is a credit in a way to DeLon because although he's coming off the bench, he kind of sets the tone for that and gets everyone in their spots. Kind of knowing you're going to be playing more. So, again, it's maybe taking on too much or having a reset of, okay, how do we kind of figure out our, our defensive identity because mm-hmm. now we're missing a huge piece. Um with Monte, like you said, the career high and assists, that was a positive. So he's finding 
his guys. Sure. Um, and when you when you're gonna play on both ends, you know, you can get tired legs sometimes. Yeah. So I'm hoping as they say we're gonna learn from this and they have a big game against Boston. And if they play this again, Bill said they'll get beat by 50. So hopefully they'll look at the film, uh, reset, readjust, and, and try to figure out what the defensive personnel is. Because yeah. I don't think a lot of fans realize once you take out a piece, it can throw everything yeah. off. And I think we saw that last night. You know, credit to Indiana for winning, but a lot of things had to be adjusted. And the talking on defense, I don't think was big last night as well. Have, have, yeah. have I saw them talk in the past? Didn't really see a lot of talking. So that, yeah, that's as big. KP said, he's like the they're like the quarterback of the the big men. Mm-hmm. So they kind of see the play before it happens. So I think a lot of the talking last night was one of the detriments to the Wizards game. That's that's great insight. And it, it, it felt that way, right? Like it just felt like guys were sort of disconnected. And I, I saw a little bit of, okay, th- th- something you made there I think is a really great point. And, and this team so far I think has done a better job of like just obviously like delineated roles for players. Mm-hmm. Like we've struggled with that the last couple of years. But you can name anyone on this team and like, it's pretty obvious, like what their job is out there so far. Right. And when you take someone like right out, okay, now like we're scrambling on the fly here to, to like pick up that role. Like who does this now? Everybody shifts and maybe they're doing things they're not as comfortable with. And hopefully that this is just like the learning curve for that while they figure out those new roles. And again, I think the Boston game will be more telling than the Pacers game, but I, I saw some comments about like, you know, uh, if the Wizards needed stops last night, why did they have Rui Hachimura in there instead of Denny Avdia? I think the flip side to that is if you're down 20, you also need to make baskets and right. Denny doesn't really, he's not going to score in volume for you. So like, mm-hmm. I think that's really the challenge with this team is, is just roster construction wise. There's just a lot of guys that are one dimensional. Like mm-hmm. Denny's never going to be a guy that's going to be able to put up like 20 points on back-to-back nights or anything like that. I just don't see that from him. Um, and Rui, for whatever reason, has not consistently defended. Will Barton hasn't really consistently defended the season. Like there's just a lot of guys that are kind of one end of the floor. Uh, I guess if you're coach Wes Unseld, how do you juggle that? Like, how do you kind of rebalance these units and these, like these, um, these bench units, especially to kind of account for that. I'm putting you on the fly here a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, the whole I, team for us in, in 10 right. seconds, but um. I, I'm thinking like Wes Olsen Jr. And to that point, it's like, you know, and they're missing Corey. Now they're missing DeLon. So I'm, I'm like, where can I find, you know, they added this defensive belt and Kuz was like, you know, not just because it's a gimmick, we should all want to defend. Mm-hmm. But I think somebody on this roster is going to be like, Hey, Yes, you can give us scoring, but we're going to need you really to commit to being a defensive nightmare. Yep. Is it is it Denny? Does Wessel, you know, okay, Roy, I know you can give me 15, but maybe dial that back and give me 10 minutes of, like, hardcore defense. So, yep. and I, I kind of tweeted about this. I said, DeLon Wright was one of those guys where I was familiar with his game, mm-hmm. but didn't really appreciate it until I yep. saw him every day up close. And his length, I'll call him Mr. Fantastic because he makes so many deflections, yeah. loose balls, hustle hustle points that it's like they won't show up in the box score, but they will show up in a run or, you know, in a five-minute stretch that would have stifled the paces, I felt like, on a lot of these possessions because they love to shoot that three. So 
I, re- I don't do I say, hey, Gafford, you know, like who and who can I look at and be like, we need somebody to can't really repl- be a DeLon per se, but give us those. Yeah, five pick up the mantle there. Yeah. You know, say it again. To pick up the mantle there. Like I'm, yeah, the, I'm the defender. Really some, you know? Like we need somebody to be like, we got to buy in mm-hmm. and maybe sacrifice your scoring to really be this defensive anchor because with this next 10 stretch of games, you're they really about to be tested. Yeah. And it's going to be all hands on deck. So I know coach, he always say his next man up and it's defense defensive is a five man thing. Mm-hmm. But I really want to see one of the wizards take on this and say, you know, this is going to be on me. Now we know, like I said, again, Denny has been, you know, the X guy I want to stop, but somebody has to step up. And I think that's going to be one of those hard conversations Coach West is going to have to have. Like, who is going to be my guy? I think if you're if you're the coaching staff, you want to see more from Will Barton defensively. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot to ask for him to say, okay, you're a bench scorer, and now you're the backup point guard, which I think he was like effectively for a large portion of the game last night, at least in his minutes. Yeah. And and now you also have to be best point of attack defender, but, but I think that's the guy like he's got the length. He's got enough quickness to, to stay in front of other guards and they've got enough scoring that if he's not giving you 15, he's only giving you 11 or something, Right. but he's putting a little in more defensively. I, I think that's, that's the guy for me that I thought would be better defensively. And mm-hmm. it's not that he can't be, maybe they've just said, we need you to get buckets with the second unit that hasn't scored well. Like, but that's the shift in role I think I would like to see. And then the other one is Rui. Uh, I mean, we've seen limited sample sizes of him being good defensively. And it's been a little while, but the, the first possession he came into the game last night, he gave up a wide open corner three. And it's just like, you you need him to be locked in more. Yeah. You need him to have more awareness there. So hopefully they can show him specifically and, and everyone else the same thing. But here are the clips where like you missed an assignment, you missed a rotation. And and maybe that'll just kind of, again, sometimes I think as a coach, having like bad tape to show people is not a bad thing. Yeah, for sure. That's the only way you'll learn. Like you, you learn from your mistakes and sometimes you can get caught being, you know, last days ago, like, Oh, you know, and that's one of those things I think where KP said like, Hey, Hey Roy, like, you know, don't forget. Or it was, I don't know if the cameras caught it, but, in the in arena, Denny and KP were kind of like talking mm-hmm. to each other, kind of passionate, like, hey, like mm-hmm. this is an assignment right here, which is good. Going back to what we talked about last time, yeah. this team has a type of tone where they can talk and it's not he's trying to belittle me. It's yeah, not disrespectful. Page. Right. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, I, I think that's that's what you want to see, especially in a game like last night. Hopefully yeah. that kind of like, you know, snaps people out of it a little bit more. And if I'm the coaching staff, just speaking on film that I would be showing people, I would take the freeze frame of Tyrese Halberton doing the too small gesture to Monte Morris. And I would tape it up all over his locker room and just be like, Monte, like you can't get bullied like this shit again. Like that, that's, that's the kind of stuff. Like give them some bulletin board material. If, yeah. if the belt and those things work, pull out all the gimmicky stuff you got to. But you know, if, if I were him and I saw that picture cut out, the next game, like, all right, nobody's bullying me around. Like, yeah. that would be my goal. I think, um, I mean, you know, players see his social media everywhere. I think Monte mm-hmm. will take that personal next time. Yeah, so that's one thing I was going to say. I'm looking for Monte going mm-hmm. right back at Holly the next time they play. Yep. And to your will point, I think Wes can talk to Will in a way with their relationship to be yeah. like, yeah, you're my score, but 
you know, go shut somebody down too. And they have that relationship where they can maybe talk in a different way than maybe other players that is like, go get this guy on defense. Like yeah. we're going to be counting on you more. So maybe Will is that guy that now can be maybe knock down your scoring and up your defense. So that's something to watch too as well. Just sticking with Delon right here for a minute. I mm-hmm. mean, again, it's a very small sample size, but like every single defensive metric I can find on the internet just says Delon Wright has been elite defensively so far. Yeah. Uh, whether it's Raptor or LeBron or Mello or whatever the names of these crazy uh, different uh-huh. analytical models are, uh, he's been great. And uh, he's the leader in deflections in the NBA per 36 minutes with a minimum amount of minutes played, but ahead of Anthony Davis, Paul George, De'Aaron Fox, and Jalen Brunson. Like that's pretty darn good company. To be in. So it makes sense that they've lost him because he's been really impactful. I guess my question I just sort of can't get over though is how did Atlanta not play this guy last year? Like that's crazy to me. He's exactly what they needed. And they just traded for like Delon Wright on steroids to get to Jonte Murray. So it just seems like you had that guy, at least in some way. You, you know what? That was funny. I was thinking that too. I, back to his time, even in Toronto. But then you, like I said, last year, I'm like, Atlanta needed. Because, you know, sometimes teams will hunt for Trey Young and um, the defense was iffy at times. They'd be like, Mm -hmm. we're going to outscore you. I'm like, y'all had this guy right here on the bench? He couldn't get any minutes at all. That's crazy. That's what I'm saying. So when I see, like, I'm I'm looking at Duran and I'm like, wow, you had a stopper. You can't teach length. Mm -hmm. You can't teach work ethic. You can't, the hustle, like I said, those little plays, the deflections. Um, just how he he has to shift and rotate offenses, and you see him looking stifled. Mm-hmm. Now they're holding the ball with six six seconds, five seconds left in the shot clock. Yeah. It's like those little things, and it, it felt a little dejected when we kind of got the news at practice. It was like sure. here here go again. The Wizards mm-hmm. starting off positive. Everybody's happy. We can't have nothing. We have a, a big blow like this. So. It's tough. I, I Like you said, all those metrics, the eye test, the analytic test, like DeLon is an elite defender and they don't grow on trees. I think they're going to have to do something with this roster maybe to get another body in there that they feel comfortable enough could try to pick up that role. We mentioned the guys who can maybe fill it in spurts or, or like keep them above water until they do this. But looking at the like notable list of free agents with NBA experience, uh, you've got Kemba Walker. Isaiah Thomas, Rajon Rondo, Alfred Payton, Avery Bradley, DJ Augustine. I would have said Eric Bledsoe, but he just got arrested for something. So that's probably not going to work. Trey Burke, Saban Lee, Jared Butler, Devin Kennedy, Langston Galloway, and Chris Chioza. Any of those names stand out to you as people they should be making a call to right now? Honestly, to be true, none of those names. Maybe if this was... Five years ago, I was Avery Bradley for the defense, but none of those names. I would rather them stay in-house and give a guy like a Jordan Goodwin who knows the terminology, who is a willing defender, who who we've seen. Um, I think you want to reward a guy who's here or give a guy a shot who's here first before you kind of look outward. So that would be um, my honest opinion on that. And I think Tommy's done that so far. Like, I think mm-hmm. even, and for anybody who hasn't seen this yet, I'll retweet it again once this episode airs, but Wayne had a really great article from uh, Go Go Media Day. And I think Amber Nichols 
even made that point about how Tommy has a track record of staying in house, you know, when there were mm-hmm. things about like the, the COVID shortages, you know, for people and stuff like that. So that, that seems like the move he would trend the only name on there. And this is just a guy I have a lot of leftover draft stock from. So I'm, I'm going to cling to this, but Saban Lee, super, okay. super athletic, really long. The Pacers or that's sorry, The Pistons cut him because he can't shoot. And mm-hmm. they're just like a team starved for shooting right now. So I don't think that's a reflection on him, but I think he would instantly be a guy that could get some like low end rotation minutes for the Wizards. So just somebody I would maybe bring in for a workout or try to get on the G League roster or something like that. He's young enough that like there's still some potential to grow there. But uh, I think this is a really good natural segue. You mentioned staying in house. And I guess maybe let's just kind of go through the Capital City Go-Go roster and, and just see like who are the names that maybe we haven't talked about yet that, that could step up and, and maybe fill that void a little bit. You mentioned Jordan Goodwin, friend of the show. We love Jordan, so we'd be happy to see him get some more NBA minutes. But they've also added Chris Dunn, which is a name that this kind of resonated with fans. And there's another one in-house, I think, that won't get mentioned, but maybe should, and that's Craig Sword. Like Craig brings really high-level defense. He, he doesn't honestly bring you that much else, unfortunately. Um, but if that's all you need right now is just somebody to be a disruptor for three, four minute stretches here or there. Like I think Craig could actually probably come in and do that. Good point. Uh both Amber and Coach Mike said that. So first Amber said he really flies under the radar as a defensive stopper. Sure. If you're not really familiar with the go-go. Mm-hmm. Um and then Coach Mike said he's been working on his discipline. As a defender. Okay. So not fouling, not reaching, sure. um, squaring up with his body, sending guys to their weekend, you know, mm-hmm. just throwing off matchups like that. But Craig defends relentlessly. And then you said in three and four or five minute spurts, that might be all you need sometime to really get somebody off that rhythm. Um, so he's definitely someone played in the America Cup this summer, um, has experience at the NBA level. He was a call-up last year, had to fly down to Miami, um, stifled Jimmy Butler. And we know Jimmy Butler is a, is a gamer. So that's somebody um, off the top of the hand. Like I say, if we're keeping it at house, Tommy Shepard says he likes to reward guys who've been working in the facility. That could be prime target, number one, as a replacement. Uh, Chris Dunn. What do you think of Chris Dunn? Have you seen any of him so far in, in any of the – G League stuff. Were they running around at all on Monday or is it just photo ops and stuff like that so far? They were running around earlier. Photo okay. ops when we came in. I got uh, Funny though, I did get to see maybe 10 minutes okay. of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Um, before I touch on that, Chris Dunn was telling us that at his healthiest, he was in contention for being like on the second team for all defense. And he was right up there on par with Stills and Lee. He was like, go check. He was DeLon thing. Wright. I mean, he was doing what DeLon Wright yeah. was doing so far this year for a limited sample size, unfortunately. Right. He, he was like, if you go look, like I was locking up some of your household names mm-hmm. in the league. His only issue was the health. Yeah. Um. So it sounds like they're working him back to, you know, just wanting to be healthy. Uh, he says his mental is right. He's He doesn't have a chip on his shoulder. He wants to just play. And Amber and Coach Mike said they feel like, this opportunity, as they did last year with Greg, can maybe get him a roster NBA mm-hmm. call-up. But he he could be somebody um, that you could look to. He's really lengthy. Uh, he can shoot it. Still has the court vision from what I saw, like I said, in that limited 10-minute sample size. Uh, sure. 
he could be somebody again that the Wizards could call on. Um, want to see him in game action first because you know practice and, and live action. Oh wow! But, but he's definitely showing. If they're saying it, you know, he has the tools to be at the NBA. Mm-hmm. He could be one again, like we said, an in-house call up could be a Chris Dunn. I think for all the years that the Wizards either didn't have a backup point guard or had small ones that couldn't guard anybody, that was like always my thing pre-draft. It was like, who are the big guards that can run a team and also defend? So I had a lot of DeLon Wright stock coming out of Utah. I had a lot of Chris Dunstock coming out of Providence. So like, oh man, this would be a full redemption for me as a draft evaluator if both those guys could be impactful on the Wizards in the same year. And how ironic, like you said, they're on the same, well, they're in the same organization umbrella now. So kind of got your wish. That would be cool. Uh, Another name there, and we don't have to spend a lot of time on all of these guys, but Mm -hmm. Quentin Jackson was the hot name in sort of the preseason and training camp and things like that. He's super athletic. He was a good defender at the college level. And unlike a couple of these guys we mentioned, he also probably could bring you some offense too. Uh, So I'm curious, like, I don't see him being a guy that they call up just because I think they'll want to see him in, in any G League action first before they make any decisions on him. But uh, I guess, could you envision a world where where Jackson gets some minutes with the NBA team this year? Good question. I could. Um, simply with Quentin, it's this thing called like dog. Mm-hmm. You talk to him, he's like, I want to defend the best guy. Yeah. Like, I'm going to take your lunch money. Mm-hmm. As Amber Nichols said, with G League guys or just the G in general, they want the NBA guy spot. Yeah. So they won't take a playoff. And, and again, in that limited 10, he 10 minute sample size, he did two things well. He defended his tail off and he had a play where he almost jumped from the free throw line and dunked it. So his guy, yeah. he's. <laughs> He's not just athletic. He's just relentless. So I think with the go-go and the Wizards being in the same arena, facility, whatever you want to call it. He'll get some luck. You got guys looking like, okay, we have an injury. Here's the opportunity. So hopefully this brings out the best. And not just guys on the roster, but in the G as well. And it's like, you never want to see someone get an injury. But at the same time, opportunities come far and few between sometimes. So you have to take advantage. But even if he doesn't get on the Wizards roster, Craig and Quentin are going to give guys in the G hell. I'm just telling you right now. So he's one of those guys where I'm like, he just brings it. I'm really excited for their sort of prospects as a G league team this year too, because like you mentioned that those guys are, are defensive guys. Chris Dunn is a defensive guy. Mm -hmm. Jordan Goodwin can lock people up if he wants to. They've got, a bunch of big bodies around the rim that want to like defend you and keep you out of the paint. Like, yeah, I think that this could be like a really good G league squad. They were good last year too, but I think they've just like added some pieces this year. And there are a couple guys that you can just give the ball to and say, like, go get me a bucket, but they've also got a little bit more pure point guard play too. Like Blake Francis is a really underrated scorer. He's a guy that will guard you 94 feet too. And like try to steal your lunch and, and like all that, like uh-huh. quick hands. Like I think he's going to be an interesting Pick up Davion Mintz, another guy that will defend and play really solidly. Like th- This is a good G League team. Anyone else that, that we haven't talked about yet that you think people should kind of know their names as the season goes on? I think McCoy Maker. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coach was saying 
is almost a seven footer. He he's he wants to guard three through five. Love it. So, I mean, you look at his size and you look at him, and it's like, is he strong? Right. And it's funny because Gortat was like, yeah, don't let that frame fool you. Mm-hmm. He's 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 strong, and you you already know how big the Polish hammer is. Exactly. So for him to give him that kudos, it's like okay. But when you get up on him, you see like, okay, this guy is kind of built. Um, Hami Ashenike. Can we say on um, um, Maker real quick? Oh, yeah, made, for, sure, you, for sure. You made a great point there, and I this translates to Jaime too, but uh, I, I want this to make sense to people too. Like, Gortat spent time with these G League guys also. So he everything did. that Gafford and Porzingis and all those guys heard from Gortat, they all got the benefit of hearing the same thing too. So I, I think that could also be really impactful for these G League guys. And then sticking with, like you said, with McCoy, there was times when he was in the facility 7, 7.30, 8 a.m. with Gortat. Mm-hmm. Or when the Wizards, bigs like Gafford and KP were doing something, Gortat at Jaime and, and McCoy right there with him on another court. Mm-hmm. So they were learning the Gortat screen. They were learning how to rebound, how to use both hands. So that's why I said, going back or maybe a little bit earlier, the fact that the G and the w, WNBA, NBA guys are all just place. together, so many knowledge is being passed. You might see Elena talking to somebody, right? Mm-hmm. So the value just in that, you're getting all this stuff that maybe a Miami team can't get because it's just the Miami Heat right there. Right. So you really right. get the yeah, best of cool. three worlds with all this information, with all this talent, talking, working together. You just see how beneficial this can be, especially for those G guys and for McCoy. They were, they were, I mean, they were just putting in work. So I'm really excited to see how he takes this opportunity. Being a local guy, mm-hmm. um, you know, coming over from Howard, staying in-house again, it's like he can really flash at his size and he has some speed, uh, some really he, good things. He moves well in that open yeah. practice. I, I was surprised by how fluid the movement looked because he was bigger than the last time I saw him when he played in Australia, like last year. He looks 20 pounds bigger than that and mm-hmm. still moved the same, which is which is great to see a guy like that keep the mobility, but also standing next to Porzingis, he didn't look that much shorter. And like, this I'm is saying. a big dude. Yeah, he is. He And <laughs> he's one of those guys you look up and it's like, are you, you probably a taller what they even have you listed as. Because yeah, I think, I think he is. They say <laughs> 6'10 or 6'11. I, I think he's over seven feet tall. I think, I think so too. I, I definitely believe that. Uh, so you were going to mention Jaime there before I so rudely interrupted you. No, what you do you got on Jaime? Um, so with Jaime, he's working on a left hand. Mm, okay. And Gortat said he's very skilled, can use his body effectively. Now we're just adding range for him. But around the basket, yeah. he's a he's, he's a, a bucket. Yeah. He's a he's a bucket. And Amber said, you know, arguably he's probably the best big man in the G League. So you just add another year of experience. Again, he he touched NBA minutes last year with that mm-hmm. COVID call up. He's working with a, a proven center in Gortat. Another year under his belt, uh, he had the America experience. Looked like he put a little bit of lean muscle on. Sure. Both hands are working essential as a big man. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, I'm I'm excited to see Jaime's progression. Uh, he he looked well in that limited 10-minute sample size I saw as well. Uh, running the floor, I think that's going to be big for Jaime this year. Agreed. Yeah. Getting those loose rebounds, getting those loose tip-ins around the paint. Could easily be a 20, 20 and 10 guy this year. I'm with you. And I think the nice thing about their bigs is there's like a lot of 
different skill sets there, I think is probably the best way to put it. You've got Jaime, that's your low post scorer. Mm-hmm. You've got Maker, that's your like long, hopefully switchable, big guy, rim protector. You've got Theo John that played at Marquette and Duke. He's not quite as big as those guys, but maybe a little bit more mobile that also wants to protect the basket, like do the dirty work. So, mm-hmm. uh, and you might even see some Isaiah Todd minutes with this team again. And, and again, I, I know I'm sort of the Todd Homer, uh, but I, I think him with this group would look even better because there's sort of more there to set him up and he doesn't have to try to score 20 points a game or any of that stuff. Like he could just right. go be long and switchable and, hit spot up threes and not have to dribble 10 times and then shoot a three. Like this would be a better context, I think, than last year's team. For sure. And I know it's a hot button subject right now, but I'm Amber has said it. Coach Mike has said it. Coach West has kind of alluded to it, but Amber said, you know, we're prepared for the event that we get Johnny or mm-hmm. Isaiah. And yeah. if those guys are getting DMPs, it's like, Hey, come get reps with us. Yeah. So don't look at it as a demotion. Just look at it as, just building your confidence, building those reps to to where you're back with the Wizards, you just come right in. So I think if you you add two guys like that during the season, um, sky's the limit. Like I said, we, we've we seen – like people don't realize Isaiah is so athletic. Yeah. It's just getting the rhythm and getting consistent minutes. And wherever you can find those, if it's on the go-go, mm-hmm. take them because um, it'll only make you better for when you're back consistently with the Wizards a lot of times you'll just see like, here are the guys that have come in and out of the organization. And sometimes when teams have a specific hole, they fill in the G league team with guys that could potentially plug that hole. But this go-go roster, I think is like really like filled out and well-rounded. And I don't really see any holes there. You've got Devon Dotson as sort of your point, pure point guard. Chris Dunn can hopefully do that. Blake, a smaller scoring guard, Jordan can score and, and rebound and defend and, uh, Quentin and, and all these people that we've mentioned, Davion Mintz can give you a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Devontae Schuler, I think, will be better this year with the second year with the team. And then you've just you've just got like just guys that I think are gonna like be into this and buy into roles. And yeah. I it, it, I think I feel really good about their team. I, I you know, to your point, Coach Mike was saying this team is so talented yeah. that kind of had to guys got to fight for minutes mm-hmm. and i think that's exciting his like he said you know wash away last year this is a different team but he's excited for the challenge but with this team they're so athletically that's what mm-hmm. amber and coach mike were right just the athleticism is through the charts mm-hmm. and you're really going to see like if those guys are out there they really had to earn it um you know we mentioned theo john mm-hmm. it's funny just a couple guys in the capital one last night were talking uh, just in passing to me, and they were like, "Man, we hated that guy, Marquette. Just defends like." Yeah. And you hear Amber say, "Like he's uh, one of those gritty guys we wanted to add and bring a yeah. just a, a mentality yeah. of like defense, defense." Yeah. Um, coach Coach Mike was saying, "Like, yeah, you you look at him, and he's just the build. Mm-hmm. He's just solid. Yeah. So even though he might be undersized at a at a four or five, you could put him there. Yeah, you're not just gonna punk him. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like." That's kind of scary to hear. Like, you got a six, seven guy that would want to go bang with a five. That should just let you know the type of identity this team is presenting this year. Like, maybe the only nitpick is is some question marks from a shooting perspective. Like, obviously, Jordan Shackle will just, like, drill threes from a 40% clip this year or something like mm-hmm. that. But um, I think Mintz can shoot it. I think Jackson will shoot it. 
I think Goodwin is a better shooter than we've seen so far. Like Blake Francis can shoot it a little bit. Dotson can shoot it a little bit. So I, I think there are guys that can shoot it. I guess it's just a question of, of will they. But just, just looking at this team compared to like, I was not a fan of the summer league roster construction. It, it just didn't make sense to me to have multiple guys that were like guard size, but without guard skills. And then right. two really slow bigs. Like it, it was Jaime and then Vernon Carey who were great around the basket. But I think like the summer league team got killed in transition with, especially when they played both of them together. But like this yeah. year, you can give teams different looks. You can slow it down when you need to. You can play faster when you need to. It, it just seems like a better team, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think to the summer league, and this is my opinion, I think it was more, let's see what we have. More so not like roster construction about them yeah. winning. Right, like, sure. let's just see what we have. Like, sure. throw all cards on deck. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what this guy can do. Let's see what that. I think that was frustrating for Wizards fans, but I looked at it from a perspective of this is what we have. This is what we brought in. Sure. Let's just see what the talents are and then mm-hmm. call back and call away who, who we see fit. Yep. So I, I, I did see it because it was flunkier sometimes, but it was like maybe it's something deeper here that, they're not going for a summer league ring or any chemistry. We, we just want to see what we have and, and then call it a day. And I think this environment should be better for somebody like Johnny Davis. Like a lot of people pointed out, he's looked very confident in his minutes last night with against the Pacers. Like, yeah, I mean, okay, cool. Like he didn't, but it's still really early. You've played 10 total minutes. It hasn't been good, but that doesn't mean that it won't eventually be good. I think he could plug in easily with this group and would be set up to be successful against slightly lesser competition, but with like guys that will let him do the things that we think he's good at a little bit more. Yeah. I, I, I think he would benefit from the G experience. You hear Brad say, I want him to be confident post game. He was like, if I'm passing you the ball, Johnny, like drive or shoot it. Cause yeah. I'm confident in you. So I know what are we five, three and two, five games in, mm-hmm. Can't write a guy off in five games. Has he looked like a top 10 pick? No. Sure. But we 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 need a big enough sample size. Five games, yeah, but gotta stay the course with him. Let's see how he looks if they give him G League experience, or what can they do to bring him more confidence. But I, I just don't want people to write him off after five. That's that's a little too harsh. Once you were picked it no longer matters where you were picked. Like you are now a member of the wizards. You're not the 10th pick member of the wizards. He's the right. same standing on the team as Jordan Jackal or Jordan Goodwin, or like he's got to earn those minutes and play well enough to get those minutes. And and I think I actually, I said early on, I didn't think he would see much go-go time if at all because mm-hmm. that's what Tommy Shepard had said. He would never draft someone in the lottery to put them in the G League, and I took him at his word. But I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I would still like to see him play the majority of the season with the Wizards and learn sure. from those guys directly. But some run here or there, I don't think is a bad thing. Like DeLon Wright comes back, and they let him start the year with the go-go. Like, okay, great. Let him get his feet wet, get some minutes. All that's important stuff, I think. But just in general, like, okay, yeah, he was the 10th pick. Like, he may never perform like what we wanted a guy taken 10th to perform like, but can he be a productive contributor to the Washington Wizards moving forward? Like, whether you pick 10th or 28th or 48th, it doesn't matter after that point, I don't think. And, right, and so what I was thinking 
when I hear Amber and Coach Mike said we're prepared if we have him, it's mm-hmm. the same, you know, terminology and verbiage. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see him at a 30-minute G League game because right. you already have your staples on the Wizards playing 30 to 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. Let's give him a 30-minute sample size for a whole game. Right. We can see, okay, you did this right, you did that right. Well, then we can really be a better judge because in yeah. two minutes, okay, might have missed an assignment. He did score. I'll give him that. He scored his first career points. Nice. Uh, yeah. Corner free throw shot, elbow shot. Um, that's where I really could be a better evaluator because now you're seeing a full quarter, uh, a full quarter play um, going back and forth. Like you said, more tape, mm-hmm. more things to maybe criticize and congratulate. So, yeah, he can play through mistakes that way, too. Like, right. you know, it's not like he looked scared last night was the tweet I kept seeing. Well, yeah, no shit. Like they threw him to the wolves when their best defender was out and said, go be DeLon Wright, who's been right. hugely important to this team. And it's like, oh, he looks scared when he had the ball. Well, well, yeah, like it's his first real NBA minutes. And now they seem like they suddenly matter on a team where they said he shouldn't expect to play and they didn't expect to play him. So you threw him in the deep end. He didn't look good. Now let's like give him some floaties uh, on a G League team and and let him let him see what he can do. Yeah. That and I think that's that's what it all is. Is like he he looked just a little out of place sometimes, yeah. and that comes with repetition. That comes with he doesn't have you know solid minutes, and it kind of was a was a Corey Kispert thing last year again. Exactly, Bill injury, he was thrown in. But I think with Corey, with kept him afloat was the kind of the pro ready body, the shooting, yeah. and that Gonzaga system. Mm-hmm. So he was able to translate he fit in better. Yeah, yeah fit in better, but. I just think give Johnny some time with the G, get his confidence, get his feet wet, and then bring him back over. Um, and Amber said it perfectly. Don't look at the G as a demotion or, oh, that's second tier. With no disrespect to the Euro League, the G League is probably the second best league in the world behind the NBA. And again, this is all from her mouth. So you're looking at someone that sees talent, knows talent, um, has played the game. She she knows. Uh, that's one thing I want to get out of people's minds as we get more familiar with NBA G League basketball. It's not mm-hmm. a demotion. Yeah. Like it is still a pro ball. Some of the probably the best basketball you'll see. It's today. gotten so much better. So like, much better. Like I used to watch a ton of D League basketball and uh-huh. it, it was trash. Like it was yeah. trash basketball. Like this is real stuff where they run what real NBA teams run. Mm-hmm. And these guys are have more security. So it's less about like my turn every time I touch the ball, like they play actual basketball and, and hopefully people shameless plug will come out on December 9th and watch our go-go night. And uh, we'll see that for themselves, but you might get to see Johnny Davis and Isaiah Todd there. So, uh, you know, don't, don't forget to sign up for that folks. If you haven't done that $10 tickets. Um, but anyway, it's it, like, I think it'll surprise people if they actually take the time to watch anything more than like a 20 second highlight reel from a go-go game. And one of the things I always tell people is like for maybe $15, $10, you can probably sit as close and get yeah. a high five. Right. Exactly. So you're in, you're on the bench with the team at that point. Yeah. Pretty much like you have, you'll have the best seat in the house and you'll probably see one of these people don't realize I said, Chris Middleton, he has G league experience. So That's some right. of you are also a Fred Van Fleet. Siakam. Siakam. Like yeah. don't knock it. Like some of your superstars or sure. all-stars in the NBA now, Touch the G League floor. So, mm-hmm. and I put it in an article and I was like, hey, you can say I knew so and so before he blew up. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, so, 
I mean, you could even probably sit courtside for a reasonable experience to see some high level play. So I was I say don't knock it, man. Please don't knock it. They have the the courtside lounge and tickets are, I think, 40 or forty five dollars. And you literally get a couch on the sideline. <laughs> like I sat there and when I stretched my feet out, I like pretty sure I almost tripped Jody Meeks, which maybe subconsciously I was trying to do on purpose because I did not <laughs> enjoy his wizard's tenure. But like you're on the court with them for a reasonable price. So, again, I always say if you're going to take, you know, your kid's team, your kid's basketball team, like it's a cheap way to get them uh, exposure, you know to to the team I, i've been doing like the big brother program this year like i'm gonna take my little brother to these games because it's like okay. a cheap way for he and i to go watch some pro sports so i mean i think there's like a lot of opportunity for people to get some some real enjoyment out of the team and i think what you said about amber's comment about it's the second best league in the world is a really good full circle tie-in back to this pacers game like this is why you can't take teams lightly in the mm-hmm. NBA anymore, because you might look at the roster and not know all the names, but the talent gap isn't as big as it used to be. There's a lot more parity. And, and some of these guys are just an opportunity away from playing meaningful minutes on an NBA team. And, and they can compete on a one night, two night stretch or a 20 minute stretch with Brad Beal or whoever. Now over the course of the year, they're not going to be as good, but like any of these guys can rise to the challenge and have been the best basketball player on every team they've played on prior to this point. Well said. I, I think that's one of those, again, misconception where it's like, oh, we're playing a one in five Orlando Magic. Oh, we're playing the rebuilding paces. They still have guys, like you said, they were the best in their high school, college teams. They're in the NBA. So they did something right. Mm-hmm. And you just can't, you have to always respect your opponent. Um, we look, we look at records, we look at superstars and all that, but it still takes five guys. Mm-hmm. And the goal of the game was to get the ball in the hoop. Yep. And as you saw last night, Indiana had five starters in double figures, three guys with over 25. So even though they might not projected to be a high achieving team, that three ball, if they're on, they can shoot with anybody in the league. Because at the volume of the clip, they take it. As you saw last night, 127. That'll win you a lot of games in the NBA, even if you had bad defense. 127 to get you a lot of wins. And I think maybe Chase Hughes tweeted this or wrote about it. I forget where I saw it, but he made a point that that I I had mentioned to some buddies too. Like Wes Unsold is trying to get the Wizards to run people off the three-point line. And that's sort of how they've they've kind of built their defenses, like funneling guys to their big rim protectors and things like that. And now all of a sudden you've got Delon and people like that missing or, or just, you're not doing a very good job of it as a team. Like that has a recipe to go South. Like if teams are, if if your defense is to stop threes, but you're giving up a lot of threes, Mm -hmm. it's not going to go well for you. And, and, and so that that's just going to happen sometimes when you play that way, I think too. Uh, Wayne, this has been awesome. Thank you for doing it. I appreciate the insight as always. I mentioned the article, tell people where they can find it because it's really good. And I think again, people should care about like, the rest of this organization and not just the wizards because they, they are all linked together. Appreciate you, Matt. Uh, you can go to medium.com. Just type in Wayne Cole. Uh, the Google article will pop right on up. Uh, said I'll be following them closely this year with videos, updates, practices, news, um, pre and post game. I said, I think people really should care about the G team. Um, 
they don't really get a lot of coverage. So these guys deserve it. Um, you get really close to them. You just see they have stories too. They have goals and ambitions and they're good guys. So really good guys to root for and just hope that we can say get as many people, especially on your December the 9th. 9th. Um, looking forward to that night as well. So appreciate that. Yeah. Again, I'm going to plug this a second time because I'm be honest, guys, I'm, I'm a little underwhelmed by the turnout here. I thought our believe in wizards community was a little stronger than this. We sold like 20 tickets so far. So you're making me all look bad. If you like this podcast, you like the job we do come on out. You can see Wayne and I there doing our thing in person. It'll, uh, it'll be a fun opportunity for everybody to see like what G league basketball is all about. Uh, Wayne, for anybody who's not following you, where can they find you on Twitter and stuff like that? You can find me on Twitter at Wayne Cole, W-A-Y-N-E-C-0-L-E. Um, yeah, so like I said, I am put all my articles, videos, and Wizards and Washington basketball news right there for you to follow. Appreciate that. And also, folks, I always end this with a rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. I really appreciate the ratings uh, that, that people have left us and the most recent reviews have been been awesome. I think in the 75 reviews for the podcast, 72 of them are five stars and uh, the other two or three are, you know, they are what they are, but I, I really appreciate that. Shout out to the blaggard crew. Uh, those guys are, are, are showing out and left some nice reviews too. So uh, always appreciate that again, rate review, subscribe. And uh, we were presented by BetOnline.ag, and we will check you next time. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.